Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey guys, you're listening to the Intentionally Inspirational Marketing Talk podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason Wright and Brandy Montambo. What's going on everybody? Jason Wright here. This is episode number 190. 190. Getting closer to that 200 mark, slowly but surely. So if you can hear it in my voice a little bit today, uh, the spring allergies finally caught up with me. Thought I outran them for the first time in 10 years, to no avail. They found me, so I will do what I have to do. Anyway, um, fun times here lately. So we're in May of 2020, as I'm recording uh, recording and releasing this episode, the piece with the guest is actually from a few months back. We've got an awesome guest today, as usual, but um, right now we're in May. So we've been in this weird place uh, economically for, I don't know, two months, pretty much two months now, or a month month and a half anyway. I tell you, it's, it's interesting. Um, in my world, in kind of the digital marketing world, uh, you know, I get to talk to a, a ton of people to do what I do, a ton of business owners, ton of uh, entrepreneurs. And it's always it's always interesting to see the pulse of kind of where people are at. And I think a lot of people um, have reacted however they're going to react initially, but everybody kind of realizes like, hey, I need to be doing more online or I need to be more efficient with my efforts online. And I, I tell you, my friends, I don't think that's ever going to change. And the simplest way you can think about your marketing, it's just a conversation, right? It's just a relationship. So you don't walk up to somebody on the street and say, hi, I'm Jason. Want to buy my stuff? Because it doesn't go well, right? Do you like being approached that way? Are you susceptible to the door-to-door salesman? Some people are. I'm not. I'm more like, uh, I like to have fun with them. Like, hey, why why are you here? He drove by a big no soliciting sign to get here, so... But anyway, it's it's something to think about. Um, and here's something else I've talked to a lot of people about lately that I think will help everybody listening. Put yourself in your potential customer's shoes. What does that journey look like? If they go to your website, do they know what to do? can't tell you how many websites I look at and I'm like, I don't know what this company does. I have no idea what I should do. I don't know where to begin. And you need to look at your own stuff and assess it in that light. Right? It's a great test to do in my own website and my own funnels, and you have to simplify the experience to get people to move forward with it. So anyway, just my random marketing thoughts for you for the day. This episode is uh, going to be sponsored by a favorite resource of mine, actually. It's called buildfunnelsfaster.com, buildfunnelsfaster.com. What it is is three free videos that I put together, and i show you how to get started with funnel building, right? And when I originally did this, in my mind, I was like, only people who want to be like me and be funnel builders for their their company are going to be interested. But what I found is very different. Um, Companies, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, small businesses who just want to understand the online sales funnel better are finding value as well. Because the way I teach it and the way I talk about it, it's in very simple language, right? Uh, Nobody likes getting caught up in the marketing uh, buzzwords and, and try to make sense out of it. I just speak like I'm speaking now. Very simple to follow, very easy to understand, but 
Uh, three free videos I put together tell you a touch of my backstory, how I get into it as well. But I think you'll find it valuable. So buildfunnelsfaster.com. All right, finally we can get into the, the meat of the show. Uh, this week uh, I had a great conversation with Steve Gordon uh, from The Unstoppable CEO, and we've got a, uh, a video with this podcast as well. So if you check out YouTube, you can see it there. So without any further ado, let's check out what we talked about. What's happening, everybody? Uh, Jason right here with another great guest for the Intentionally Inspirational podcast. We've got Steve Gordon this week. He is the founder and the CEO of The Unstoppable CEO. He is a podcast host himself and an author. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, Jason. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. No problem at all. So I would love to um, kind of hear your story in your own words from uh, where it all began for you. Where did you say, you know what, I don't want to work for anybody else anymore up <laughs> until today. So you can tell us the long version, the short version, whatever you like. Well, well, sadly, it's, it's, uh, it's getting longer and longer every year. But um, So uh, it all started. No, uh, I, when I got out of college, I, I actually have a technical background. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I went to work for uh, an engineering consulting firm, tiny little discipline of engineering called Geomatics that nobody's ever heard of. Nobody knows what it is. But if you've ever used Google Maps, you can thank somebody with that background. And uh, uh, I was the 10th employee there. And um, after I'd been there for about four years, the uh, founder came to me and said, you know, you're going to take over as a CEO. I happened to be out uh, with the birth of our, our first daughter. And he called me while I was out and said, yeah, when you get back, we're going to do this. And I'm, okay, this, this is different. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I had no idea really what I was doing at that point. But, uh, you know, he had a really great vision, you know, for transitioning the firm and he wanted to give that a long time horizon. And so here I am 28 years old and, uh, and I'm, I'm running a, a small consulting firm and, uh, ran that firm for about 10 years. We were able to grow it, had a great team. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, I just realized that I, I really loved the sales and marketing part of it. And, uh, and so about now 10 years ago, um, I split off and, and started, uh, our current firm. Um, and we help, uh, other professional service providers, uh, go out and get great clients and, and do it in a real systematic way with marketing that, uh, for the most part we do for them. And, uh, it's just a lot of fun. Very nice. We are definitely gonna talk about some marketing, man. I love that. It's good stuff. Um, so at this most recent journey, did you ever reach a point where you thought, oh man, this might not work out? Maybe there's some things you didn't foresee. I'm just curious about that. Well, I tell you, um, it's, it's one thing to, to kind of take over and run and grow a firm that is operating already. Yeah. You know, then yeah. when I took over that first business, it had been around for, I think, 10 years at that point. Mm -hmm. um, had a client base, had cash flow, all that. Uh, it's a totally different exercise to start from scratch. Yes, it is. <laughs> and uh, it, 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 was, it was more difficult than, than I anticipated. It took a couple of years to really kind of get things rolling. It is not for the faint of heart, is it? No. I, you know, I joke um, when I do speeches that like this whole entrepreneur thing, this is not something that normal people would ever sign up for. No. It's like you're going to work four or five or 10 times harder than you've ever worked before. You're going to worry more than you ever have. And there's no guarantee that you're going to get paid 
And uh, what do you think? You want to do that? You know, and, and of course we all go, yeah, that's for me. Yeah. And most other people shake their heads and go, this is the stupidest thing ever, but somebody's got to do it. Right. Yeah. You'll love this. So I'll give you a peek into my real life. So last night I'm sitting where I'm sitting now and uh, I'm, I'm leaving for Tennessee Sunday and I'll be gone for six days. And anytime you leave home, you know, my wife, I used to travel in corporate America. So my wife hates when I'm not here. She can't sleep. We've got two kids. One gets up at, 5 30 for school one gets up at 7 30 so it's just really disruptive and uh and i'm looking at my whiteboard which is kind of i don't know why it's on the floor but it's been on the floor over there for a while it's kind of about over my computer there and i was looking at it last night and i was like i know what i have to get done before the weekend but why am i not getting it done i was like what is wrong with me and i was like my mind is just foggy and I, i'm mentally exhausted like i'm recognizing like i just need to go to bed and hope Friday's better because I've got myself worn down to this point where I'm ineffective. So go to bed, wake up this morning. I'm like, oh man, I didn't wake up at all. Awesome. And I've spent my whole morning, um, not touched my plan yet today. I've had to do some administrative cleanup and discovery. Um, basically lost a team member this morning, had to clip all of that access and take care of it. And uh, everything's good there now. It's like now I haven't even started what's on the plan for the day. And I always kind of think to myself that when most people think of being their own boss, it's the most exciting thing in the world. But like you said, the reality of it, it can be downright uh, not fun at all. You know, is it still worth it for me? Absolutely. But is it for the faint of heart? No. You know, do you like firing people? Do you like, like you say, sometimes not getting paid? Do you like all the risk and, and stuff like that as well? So, so just a really interesting point you bring up there. Um. Why do you think most entrepreneurs don't make it? Why do you think that first two years has such a high casualty rate for startups? Well, I, so I think a lot of people get into it and, um, you know, they, they get into it not really committed. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think, I think that's a, a large part of it. I mean, if you don't really understand what you're, you're coming into, it, uh, it quickly can become pretty intimidating. And I think a lot of people just decide, look, I can go back and, and do better working, yeah. you know, in some inside somebody else's system rather than inventing my own. Yep. Um, so I, I think you see a lot of it there, but then I, I actually believe that the bigger risk, I mean, you see all the business failure stats, right. And they're scary, but I think the bigger risk is not the failure end of it. I think it's, it's when you get past that and you become uh, what, what we call um, a survivor business. Mm -hmm. And we see this with, with businesses that they make it past the failure and they sort of, you know, they're, they're growing, growing, growing at the beginning because the entrepreneur has got time and motivation and they get out there and hustle and they build up a, a client or a customer base. And then they get to a certain point where the entrepreneur runs out of time mm. and they start to plateau. And at that point, you know, either the entrepreneur invests in systems and people to free up time mm. and to drive further growth and then they keep going. Or what I think happens much more often is they, they don't make those investments. They don't invest in the mindset shift that is required to get there. And so they just stay on this plateau and they might stay there forever. And it's, it's almost like you're in this like deadly limbo because you think, gosh, I was pretty successful and things were going well. And then what happened? Mm -hmm. You know, so it can, I think it can really grind you down. 
know, what's funny about that is I can think of a handful of people now. So I've been in this business four years, been full time, uh, two years in March. And I can think of people that were in their business before I even went out on this particular jump. I've jumped corporate America twice. Uh, will not be going back, my friend. You've got my word. But <laughs> I can remember, so about five years ago, people that are in the same place today that they were in the business then because they literally can't wrap their mind around the value of hiring somebody else to help with a li- even a little bit of stuff. It's like, let somebody take five hours a week off your plate. Uh, it's money out of my pocket. I'm like, you're never going to grow. You have the wrong mindset. Like, why do you think all big companies that make a lot of money have employees or people working for them or contractors? It's not because they want to get money out of their pockets because they understand that you can't scale your time. Some people just don't get it. So, yeah. Um, so very, very interesting. Um, no, that's, that's an interesting thing you said. They get past the, the struggle and then they just kind of hang out in this in-between because I guess they're, they're kind of at a crossroads. And I guess people, instead of making a decision, sometimes just kind of like walk in the circles, don't they? Oh, very much so. Very much so. You know, and I, I think, you know, they, they get to that point where they run, about, run out of ideas about how to create demand. Yep. Yeah, you because know, the, the fundamental reason that the businesses don't grow is they don't have enough opportunity coming to them. Yep. Um, you know, which is the purpose of marketing. It's what we do. It's what you guys do. Yep. And um, and and I think it's it's that lack of opportunity that really frustrates people. But you'll get a business owner who you know did really well, kind of going out developing new business belly to belly. And when they run out of time, they don't have any any new methods that scale. Yep to continue to get business. And what, what we see, and, and I don't know, maybe you, you, you can you know, relate to this. We see a lot of business owners that just like to dabble then. So they will get, well, here's the latest, you know, trick that they yeah. found. Oh, I'm, I'm going to send this message template on LinkedIn to, you know, my 5,000 people or whatever. Yeah. And that's going to do it. Well, then that doesn't work or they only try it for, you know, a week and a half. And then they go, all right, well, now I'm going to post on Medium and then I'm going to do Instagram and now I'm going to do TikTok, you know, and then um, maybe it's that I need to go to this referral group. And what we see is that they'll dabble in a lot of this stuff. They'll never focus on any one thing long enough to really master it. And, um, you know, one of the things that I believe with with marketing is that all marketing works. Mm -hmm. If you and I sat here and we just had people call in and say, hey, what about putting out those yellow signs on the street corners? Does that work? And I'd go, "Um, yeah, that works. We could come up with a plan to make that work for probably just about any business, right? And, you know, one after another, we could point to an instance of where that worked. But where it works is generally where somebody has focused on that strategy. And they've taken the time to really understand it and master it, whatever it is. Yep. It's funny. I almost feel like you've bugged my office because I've had this conversation a lot lately with people. And I've said, uh, man, there's somebody that's been successful doing everything. They're like, which social platform? And say, well, where's your audience at? You know, know where your audience is. And there's several you can pick for pretty much any scenario. So the biggest problem, like you said, is nobody's consistent. You know, oh, I tried this and it didn't work. But didn't you just start that Monday? You've, you've shut it down. It's Friday. It's literally not even been five. Like, really? People give up so fast because 
they hear about somebody for the first time and they hear about their story like, oh, they had overnight success, but overnight really means 12 years, you know, and it was a horrible 12 years. So no, I'm, I'm with you. That consistency piece is, uh, is, is so important. It's like working out. If you're overweight and you want to become a bodybuilder and you work out for one week, newsflash, nothing's going to happen. You know, it doesn't happen like that. So I love this. Um, talk to me about some necessary breakthroughs that somebody like me would have to have to find true freedom in their business. Well, so I, I think the, the first is, is to look at, at that idea of engineering demand. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you can solve that one where you have more new opportunities coming to you than what you really need, then that, that actually ripples into the rest of the business because it creates cash mm -hmm. and cash solves all problems in business. Yep. And, um, and, and it also alleviates that, you know, 2 a.m. waking up in the middle of the night in the cold sweat going, where's my next client coming from? Or how am yep. I going to make payroll? Because, you know, you know, you've got four opportunities next week or 10 opportunities or a hundred or whatever is a healthy number for you. Yep. Um, you know, that's one of the things like I look at every day. All right, well, how many, uh, you know, how many, we call them a right fit call. So when we yep. first meet with somebody, first thing that we do is we get on a call for 20 minutes. They can't buy anything. I, I'm not going to sell them anything. Just, are we a fit? Do we like each other? You know, do their goals match what we do? And, um, you know, and I'm looking for a number, you know, of those on my calendar every week, week in and week out. And if I can see that I've got at least that many or hopefully one or two more than what I want, yep. you know, and we're having trouble getting them scheduled in, then everything's good in the world. I mean, you know, it, there, there really isn't anything that can hurt us um, because we know, you know, for every 10 people we talk to, a certain number are going to become clients. And so kind of getting that piece solved, I think, is the first step to getting that freedom. And I see business owners focus on a lot of other things sometimes when they don't have that solved. And then they, you know, so they go into these like weird spasmodic cycles of, of freaking out because they don't have <laughs> enough business when they're, you know, and they're trying to make, you know, maybe make an investment in their team or whatever, but then they got to pull back from it because they don't have enough demand. Yep. If you solve the demand problem first, everything else can flow from that. Um, you know, and people get worried all the time. Well, you know, if I, if I create too much demand, I have more people coming to me than I can serve. They're just going to go away. Well, no, the answer to that is just raise your prices. Absolutely. You know, and, um, and you, you know, now you're creating more cash for less effort. And, and so it's really pretty simple yep. at the end of the day, but that's the first, I think, thing to focus on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the second is to really think about how you can free your own time. Um, because a lot of times I'll see business owners, get themselves into a position where the business sort of centers around them so tightly that that they just, they're, they got their hands in everything. Nobody can do it as well as they can. Yep. And, um, you know, and, and I think we all fall into that from time to time, but I, you know, I got really clear um, as we really started to grow about five years ago that there were, there were only three things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I use that word want really intentionally, mm -hmm. not three things I have to do, but there were three things in the business that I wanted to do. I love doing the marketing. I love 
coming up with ideas that are going to help our clients. And I, I really enjoy talking to our potential clients in those initial calls and yep. brainstorming with them how we're going to solve their problems. And if I could like map out my perfect week, I've got some time doing each of those things throughout the week and, and big swaths of free time to think because that's what fuels those activities for me. So getting clear on all that allows you then to be really clear about what's got to get off your plate to make that happen. So anything that isn't in that little circle has got to go away. And I don't, I don't see very many business owners getting intentional about, okay, what's in the circle that I want to do. And then, you know, quarter by quarter taking things out. It doesn't happen overnight. Yep. So I go through this exercise every quarter where I'll list out all of the stuff that, uh, you know, that just off the top of my head, I don't do a time tracking or any of that because that drives me crazy. But yep. um, I'll just list out, well, what are the things that, you know, off the top of my head, I can remember that I've done this last quarter that I really, really enjoyed. What, what motivated me? Mm -hmm. What are the things that I did that I did pretty well? They don't really bug me. They're just sort of neutral. And, you know, put those in another column. And then in the third column, I'll put the stuff that just totally drives me just crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the stuff that's in that column, I get with my assistant and we go, okay, well, this is all going away off of my plate. Let's decide what still needs to be done and let's figure out who's going to do it because I'm not doing it anymore. Yep. And little by little, you know, a quarter at a time, you get closer and closer to really having the freedom to work on the things that you want to work on. And, um, you know, if you'll go through that exercise, you'll notice that the growth of the business actually starts to really accelerate mm -hmm. because you're freed up to do the things that actually are adding value. Mm -hmm. So I think that that to me is the, the second key. Um, and then kind of corollary to that is just, you know, being, we talked about it earlier, you know, being open to relying on other people. And there are a lot of business owners that I think pull back from that and they, they'll do it at a very low level, but when anything gets, at all complex, they feel like they've got to hang on tightly to it. And, um, you know, you've got to find a way to let that go. Yep. It's interesting because there's a couple things you said that really speak to me. One is um, pieces of my business run completely without me, which is awesome. So it's like, I, this is what the future looks like for all of it. Uh, for me, my perfect three would be also the marketing, which I don't get a lot of time to do our marketing. I'm usually helping clients, but I really enjoy it. I'm a great strategist and I'm a phenomenal architect. So those are the things I really like. But if I could just do what I wanted, I think I would do, like you said, the new business call. I love sales. I'm really good at sales, um, getting those clients in, uh, designing the strategy and and uh, letting somebody else build it. You know, the building part takes the time. It's not hard, but uh, my time is better spent other places. And something you said that I realized kind of fourth quarter last year, just by raising your prices significantly, can change your whole business. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. For, and it's funny because you think, and I don't mean you, but people think that, oh no, if I raise my prices, uh, somebody will just go to somebody cheaper. And then somebody asked me one time, they said, are you trying to be the Walmart of the world or the Saks Fifth Avenue? And I was like, ooh, that's interesting because if you're in between, you're competing with everybody. You know, you can either be the cheapest or the most expensive. And if you're expensive, there is a certain type of client that's attracted to you for the fact you're expensive. Just like people drive expensive cars, not because they're better than the Honda Accord, because it's expensive. So it's very interesting. Um, 
what I charged for a funnel build two years ago and what I charge now, it's very different. And I'm still having people go, oh, that's it. And I'm like, what is going on? So I'm just going to keep raising the price. And like you said, cash flow is, is everything because when you have cash flow, you have the ability to invest in people and programs to, to get things going, to get things uh, addressed that need to be addressed. When you have no cash flow, you really have no options. You know, the first 18 months of my business, I remember my wife saying, how are we going to pay the mortgage next week? I don't know. I'll figure it out. Well, like, what's your plan? Like, what are you doing with this business? I'm still trying to figure that out. And then finally I had to have this hard talk with myself that like, what's my business model here? Like, how am I going to make money every month? Like, where's the money going to come from? Is it repeatable? And is it scalable? And once I started looking at it that way, I'm like, all this stuff I do that's pretty and shiny doesn't equate to sales. Like, I don't care about this anymore. It's something I talk to a lot of uh, new entrepreneurs with frequently. It's like, you're focused on the exciting stuff because you're in that honeymoon phase of entrepreneurship. Once your savings is gone and you still have no plan, then it'll be a very different experience for you. And I don't say that because I want them to fail. I want them to pay attention to the important stuff as fast as possible. So, yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I see a lot of people get caught up in, in stuff that just doesn't matter. I'm my, probably the thing that I repeat most to my clients is that, that they often will get so tied up in, in what they're delivering and they'll forget about what the client is buying. Yep. And those are usually two very different things, like the mechanism that you use. Mm -hmm. you know, so I, we have one client who um, is a coach and he's a really great coach. And, you know, he's always concerned with how many calls they get and, you know, that what access they have to him and all that. I'm like, that's, nobody cares. Like what, what's the outcome you're going to give them? There you and go. then, you know, design figure out how you can give that to them in, you know, as quickly as you can, ideally with the least amount of involvement from you, because they don't yep. care yep. about that. They're not paying you to be your, you know, to be their friend. They don't want to hang out. They got stuff to do, get them the result. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I think get, you know, for everybody, like getting to that level of understanding of what am I really selling here? What are they really buying? And, uh, you know, and then building the business around that, that helps you really kind of focus on, well, what am I, you know, what am I doing? Um, you mentioned this idea of, of am I Walmart or am I Saks Fifth Avenue? One of the big mistakes that we see is people want to be the Saks Fifth Avenue, but you got to give a Saks Fifth Avenue experience. So when yeah. I walk into Saks Fifth Avenue, very different than I want when I walk into Walmart. Yeah. Uh, frankly, I haven't walked into Walmart in, I think three years um, <laughs> trying to avoid it. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was a point in my life when I, I had to, and, uh, and I don't anymore. I'd much rather be in a Saks Fifth Avenue, yep. but, um, you know, but you've got to create the experience to go along with it. And that's how you differentiate. And that's super attractive to people. Yep. Absolutely. I love that. Um, this for me is, has been the, I call it the invisible lead machine. The thing that's really, um, really helped my business stabilize. Give us some tips for generating referrals and repeat business. Okay. So gosh, we could go for hours on this. Um, I wrote a book <laughs> about this. So, um, for everything that we're going to leave out here, if you want to go to Amazon and get a copy of unstoppable referrals, it'll fill in the details. But, um, I, I discovered in 2012, that 
um, that there was this block for business owners asking for referrals. And so I started to unpack that and figure out, well, what, why is this? Cause we were giving them advice on how to go do it. And the advice was basically just ask all your clients and ask them often and, um, and then follow up with any referrals that you get forever. And none of them did that. You know, they go, Oh yeah, that's really great advice. I'm going to do that. And then they didn't do anything. Yep. And, um, and so as I started asking questions and digging into that, what I really discovered was they felt uncomfortable doing it because they were, they were basically going to the well with one of their very valuable clients and they were taking water from the well again. And they just instinctively knew that there wasn't any value for the client in making the referral, even if the client loved them, Mm -hmm. it was all risk to the client. And if you look at fundamentally why most businesses don't get a ton of referrals, it's that the process is such that, you know, it's all stacked in your favor. There's no advantage to the client and you've got to, you got to remove all the risk for them. Now there are certain businesses where you can engineer an experience that people will talk about, but you know, if we look at the typical service business, like an accounting firm, it's pretty, pretty hard to engineer an experience around getting your taxes or your books done that is going to make people rush out and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay you know, or law or engineering or architecture or whatever, right? So in in businesses like that, where it's really difficult to create that kind of like experience that'll go viral, you've got to orchestrate the whole process a little bit. And uh, the way that we figured out how to do that was really to to take all of the the wisdom that you've got, all the expertise you've got, get that down into a package and, and so we might package that in a book or we might package it in a, a presentation that would be delivered as a webinar or a, a seminar. Mm-hmm. And then we can go to our clients and say, you know, like if I were doing this, I, I'd come to you and say, hey, Jason, uh, you know, I'm on this absolute mission to transform the way that small businesses get referrals. In fact, I wrote a book about it and I know, you know, people that would benefit from getting all of the information that's in this book. I'd love to sit down with you and brainstorm who we could send this book to together as a gift from you. Mm-hmm. What do you say? And they go, oh yeah, I'd love to brainstorm. And we're going to give them a copy of the book. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And all, all of a sudden you've, you've taken it from being a really risky thing where now I'm asking you to send people that you know and care about into a sales meeting with me, which they don't want to go to you know, and we've flipped that around and now you're giving them a gift of this book. And there's like a book never jumped up and bit anybody. Mm. Nobody ever lost a fortune because they read a book, you know, or were given a book. And frankly, I've asked hundreds of entrepreneurs this now. Um, you know, have you ever been offended when somebody gave you a book? No, no. Even if you didn't like it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you keep it because like who throws books away? Exactly. And so, um, so, you know, there's really no downside for the person making the referral. There's no downside for you because you're going to now live on, you know, that person's desk or their bookshelf and it allows you to play the long game, you know, and you can do the same thing with webinars or seminars. You don't have to have a book, but a, a, a book is sort of the, the gold standard for being able to do this. It's the easiest way to get people to do it because it's the lowest commitment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. I knew this would be good stuff. Um, one more quick question for you. I'm just curious to see what you think about this. Uh, kind of unrelated to anything we've talked about today, but do you think that you always hear people talk about niching down? 
do you think that people can just make up a niche and go after it and be successful? Or do you like kind of to let the niche pick you? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> isn't that the kind of eternal marketing question? <laughs> um, I, I think you can approach it from both angles. Um, and we tend to take it a business at a time. I, obviously I, I love to, when I, we're working with a client, I love to look at who their existing clients are because you may actually see the pattern there. Like here, they've got this, you know, group of the subgroup of clients that's really profitable for them. They like working with them. The clients get good results. Uh, and they're sort of a cohesive group and, and that can be a, a really easy way to answer the niche question. Um, you know, but you certainly can make it up and, and go after it. But, you know, when you're making it up, you know, I think the key is to look for a, a group that actually identifies themselves. Yep. You know, if you, if it's something that you've made up and isn't reflective of the way that, that, that niche describes itself, then you may have problems, Yep. you know, um, because the, the reason you want to do that and everybody's confused about this. I think the reason to, to narrow down is mostly so that your message will resonate. And when we say resonate, what that really looks like is when they see your marketing, they go, Oh my gosh, that's for me. Yep. You know, well and yeah. And so if, if you can niche it down to that point and the other thing people get all, you know, wrapped up in their underwear about with niching is they think, Oh my God, I'm gonna have to turn away all this business. Like, no, that's not the point. You can keep taking checks from anybody you want to take checks from. Yeah. But for your marketing, you need to pick somebody to focus on so that when you put it out there, it's actually going to work for you. Yep. I think that's well said. I see a lot of people doing that thing where they make up the niche and then like nobody identifies themselves and they're like, where's everybody at? And I'm like, how'd you come well, up yeah. with that? <laughs> you made up a group that doesn't actually exist. There you go. Very nice. Well, if somebody uh, watching and listening today is interested in learning more about you or your book, what's the best way they can reach out to you? So what we've done, we've set up a page just for all of your intentionally uh, inspirational listeners. And uh, if they go to unstoppableceo.net slash IIMT, uh, IIMT, and uh, when they go there, they can get a copy of my book for free. They can download it. Um, there is, uh, also a link on there to a guide we put together on how to pre-sell your prospects so that when you're sitting across the table from them, they've already decided that you're their guy or you're their gal. And, uh, if you'd like to reach out and, and, uh, talk with me, there's a link on there where you can book a call. Awesome. Well, very, very good, Steve. I really appreciate your time, your expertise and the conversation today. Yeah, it's been fun, Jason. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right. We are back to the show. Steve, if you are uh, listening, thank you, my friend. Appreciate your time and your expertise in the conversation. And for anybody who wants to check out the show notes, learn more about Steve and his company, you can go to intentionallyinspirational.com forward slash episode 190. And of course, you can use that same format for uh, any previous or future shows as well. Um, as always, I, I really appreciate the ear. Uh, I appreciate the loyal listeners that we have. Uh, if you haven't engaged with us on Facebook, uh, our Facebook group, Funnel Building for Profit, uh, is just a real easy way to connect. It's an easy way to uh, talk about some of this stuff in a, a more accessible way. Uh, I'm always available through Messenger. I love chatting it up with people. So don't be scared to reach out. Don't be scared at all. 
So thank you for your ear. Thank you for your time. We will catch up with you next week. Uh, hope things are going great for your business. And who knows, this may be your best year yet. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the show. To keep up with everything that we're doing, please visit intentionallyinspirational.com. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out our video podcast on YouTube. See you next time.